2: Just a bit outside. Here's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. Oh, my so God, God. Deep
1: to right field.
2: Way up there.
0: Oh, my.
1: And look who's coming up. You talk about a roll of the dice. This is it. Down goes Anderson.
2: Here's the payoff pitch. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome in to Payoff Pitch Action Network's MLB betting podcast. Your host, Brendan Glasheen joined on this Friday by Anthony DeBundo and Charlie Disturco. This is the normal Friday crew. It's been a while since we've all been together. Uh, we are here for the podcast Mondays, Tuesdays, and Fridays during the season. Please rate, review, and subscribe if you are tuned in wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you're watching on the Action Network YouTube page, we realize we have some video people as well. Uh, please like the video if you are so inclined and also subscribe to our Action Network YouTube page. Plenty of content coming over there. Not just baseball, but uh, we're in the world of football uh, these days as well. College football, NFL. So please get over there. Uh, 15-game slate. we got to dive into a bunch. I want to hit a couple things at the end, possibly. Blake Snell, his outing on Wednesday, what that means for Justin Steele, who we will get to in some capacity in this podcast. And I'd like to spend a quick uh, 30 seconds, maybe later at the end of the show, to uh, uh, Barry Heimblum, who is now gone. Uh, from Boston, yeah. that made me kind of happy yesterday. But as we normally do, best bets to kick off the show. I'm going to go to Charlie first here because Charlie and I, DeBundo, with all due respect, we we we're, the chemistry we have these last 48 hours has just been uh, it's been unmatched. So go ahead, Charlie. What do you got? Uh,
1: my best bet is the Dodgers on the money line here minus 104. Bobby Miller against George Kirby, and I like the Dodgers in this matchup. You look at just about every mat- metric over the last 14 days, the Dodgers have the better offense, 11th versus 17th to Seattle in general. They're second against right-handed pitching, and Seattle's seventh. And over the last 30 days, the Dodgers' bullpen has gotten a lot of slack just because of their mid-season meltdowns. They're actually fourth in XFIP over the last 30-day span. Seattle down at sixth, still elite, but in every edge slightly to the Dodgers here, and I like the pitching matchup and give the edge to the Dodgers in that one too. Miller has a 3.62 expected ERA. I do for some negative regression over the last 30 days. His stuff plus rating, there's a Debundo checklist bingo board. Miller is actually 6th of those with minimum 20 innings pitched over the last 30 days, every pitch above 100 and his stuff plus has a high ground ball rate, a great barrel rate, above average in nearly every area but strikeouts and I think that'll come with how good his stuff plus is. And he's got on the road where he's got a 3-2-2 ERA. So a lot of numbers are thrown at you, but Bobby Miller is prime for a great matchup. And George Kirby, just real quickly, in your four expected ERA, due for slight negative regression. doesn't strike out that many batters or get swings and misses. This has been his issue all season long. I love Kirby. I still think he's going to be a great pitcher in this matchup. I just think the Dodgers should be favored. The Mariners had their hot streak earlier about you know three, four weeks ago they're kind of coming back down the earth and this is a perfect time to buy low on the Dodgers at a near pickem.
2: Debundo, you want to weigh in on this because we talked about the Mariners earlier earlier in the week. You're down on them to make the playoffs. It's no knock necessarily on Kirby and their top of the rotation, but any thoughts on this pick by Charlie?
3: Yeah, you know, both guys love to pound the zone uh and both guys are in the zone a lot, but uh, when you look at their zone contact rates, uh, Miller's much better at missing bats in the zone. and That comes from the better stuff. You look at zone contact and swinging strike rate, uh, Miller does have an edge over Kirby in that. And generally speaking, you know, these are two pretty patient offenses, but the Dodgers uh, are clearly head and shoulders above what the Mariners can offer. It is interesting to see how uh, Scott service manages Mr. Kirby after his uh, outburst last week about pitching too far into the game. And and look, it is borne out by the numbers. Um, Kirby has not been good third time through the order. Uh, First plate appearance against George Kirby, 666 OPS. Second, 582. Third time through the order, 816. So, you know, I think that comes from, you know, him not having overpowering stuff is that as much as he's a command artist, and I love that about him, uh, he doesn't, you know, once you see him a couple of times, you sit on that stuff and you can get, you know, jump him a little bit. And so, you know, I've always compared him to Aaron Nola, and Nola's had the same problem throughout his career. So I think there's a lot of parallels there. I think Miller's the clearly better starter, though. I agree with Charlie and also bet the Dodgers uh, minus 105 in this game. Uh, I would bet them up to probably minus 115 before I would pass uh, on the road. This is where I think the Mariners start to run into some problems. They do have the A's coming up, but their remaining schedule includes the Dodgers for three, the Rangers for seven, and the Astros for three. Uh, it's going to be a really tough run in, even though now the Rangers won't have Scherzer. I think they may be the team left out, although Toronto is not exactly covering themselves
1: in glory this week.
2: Mm-hmm. Any chance this flips and the Dodgers become favorites?
1: Yeah, that's uh, where it, the,
2: wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me. That's
1: Sorry. where the market's heading. It's heading It's heading toward LA. It, 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 you can see some of the books starting to move to the minus 110, 115 range. There's still that minus 105 out there, which is obviously always better to have that CLV and the better number. But yeah, I would, like the Bundle said, I'd back to minus 115, even minus 120. I think this is a nice smash bot for the Dodgers to bounce back
2: Okay, DeBundo, best bet. What do you got for this uh, full slate tonight?
3: Yeah. Let's go to the American league East where the rays are quietly closing in. They're only one game back two in the loss column behind the Orioles. They will face the Orioles all weekend, three game series or four game series. They won the first game uh, last night, the third, you know, this weekend they'll play. They have a chance to take first place, maybe even claim a tiebreaker over the Orioles. And look, when they're, Orioles traded for Jack Flaherty at the trade deadline. I think everybody kind of was intrigued by that because the the Orioles have had a lot of success with their pitching development uh, in the last few years, finding guys from within and developing and tweaking people and, and kind of getting the best out of, Uh, You know, not great heralded name. Somebody like a Kyle Bradish who did not come in with a, you know, a high pedigree guy. They got him in the Dylan Bundy trade, uh, you know, developing guys like Tyler Wells. So they've done a really nice job in their pitching development. And so people said, well, maybe this will work for Flaherty. And his first start, he was juiced up. He was throwing harder than he has all year. uh, And he threw a dominant outing against the Blue Jays. Six innings, one run, eight strikeouts, two walks. Next outing against Houston. Again, fastball velocity ticked up. Five innings, three runs, but eight strikeouts, two walks. It was it was pretty encouraging performance. Gave up a, a homer, but was fine otherwise. And we have now seen the wheels come off, and, and, and this has not continued for him. His success has not really been uh, particularly good. He, he got rocked against the Padres, couldn't throw a strike, struggled against the Rockies, struggled against the Diamondbacks, and struggled against the Red Sox his last time out. So I think uh, as you've seen the velocity tick down, We kind of know what Flaherty is when he's not throwing that hard. He has very hittable fastball stuff, a decent slider, very average to below average command. And he's, you know, a full run worse in every projection system compared to Zach Eflin, who's going to pitch for the Rays tonight. And I know the Orioles have the better lineup. I know that Pete Fairbanks has pitched four out of the last six days. So, you know, there's the potential for uh, some, you know, rest for him. Robert Stevenson has pitched two straight days, although he only pitched to one batter two days ago. So I imagine he's going to be available at the back end of this Tampa bullpen. I see an advantage for Tampa overall in the bullpens now with with Bautista down. I think they have the better bullpen. And Zach Eflin, you know, has once again uh, put together an incredible season with elite command and he's just not going to give away free passes. And so I think the difference between him and Flaherty is pretty stark. And, uh, you know, the market uh, projections on him are kind of, you know, like three, five, three, seven, three, nine. You can make a strong case, and I'd agree with it, that he's actually better than that, and that he's pitching at a just below elite level. Three uh, one xera this year, strikeout minus walk rate highest of his career. So you know all of that trending in the right direction for Eflin, uh, and, and I'm you know a full believer in in him uh, in this in this spot. So I like to raise minus one twenty. Right. You can find one twenty out there. There's some one thirties. The markets moved toward Tampa overnight. Uh, there are some rogue bad numbers sitting out there though.
2: Okay. Shop around as we always encourage. Okay. Fade the public. Let's figure it out. uh, If we're going to do that today, Chicago Cubs and their Cy Young contender, maybe not so much anymore after Blake Snell shoved on Wednesday Cubs visiting the diamondbacks. Justin Steele is on the mound. 58% of the bets, 69% of the cash on steel. Here's the latest actually 61% of the bets, 60% of the cash. That's, that's rising. Maybe a little more action now coming in on the Diamondbacks, actually. But uh, you can get the Cubs at minus 138. There's some minus 140 numbers out there. Arizona in that plus 115, plus 120 range. Two teams in the thick of that NL wildcard race. DeBundo, are you willing to fade the public today and fade Justin Steele? The public likes you. That's the only reason that this might fly.
3: How are we going to handle the public? Yeah, I like uh, Brandon Fott too much to uh, go with the public because – you know, there, there does come a point where every pitcher has kind of like their, their point where they become a little bit overvalued. And I'm starting to wonder if we're getting to that point on Justin Steele, you know, for so long, he beat all the the metrics, but now everybody's onto it. You know, everybody wants to bet Justin Steele because look at how good he's been. You know, he's a Cy Young contender for the first time all year. And people are are, are starting to buy into that. Uh, I I like fought too much. And so I'm going to play the under instead. There are some questions about the Cubs bullpen now that Ozel is down on the injured list. They're kind of going closer by committee here, but Steele's been going so deep into games Mm -hmm. that you know you don't have to really worry about the bullpen as much here uh, in this matchup. So when we look at Brandon Fott, it's kind of been the story of two years, and he was so bad the first time he came up. And I'm not even going to talk about the numbers, but ERA was was north of seven, Uh, and even his season long is now north of you know six. So he has not been quote unquote good, but the underlying pitch modeling. And and this is something that I will continue to bet on, on a pitcher when we don't have a big sample is the stuff is good. And the locations are improving fastball stuff. Plus has increased in the last 30 uh, days. So, you know, he was somebody who had a pretty average fastball in AAA and and coming up and the the fan graphs grades were not great on the fastball, but it has trended in the right direction. He's been throwing a little bit of a, more of a sinker is trying to uh, keep the ball in the yard and then the slider sweeper has been really good and grades out really well. 120 stuff plus on the slider curveball's Good. Uh, and the location numbers, one Oh three location plus for five that's for the year. Uh, and it's actually been better in, in the last two months. So fought uh, somebody I'm going to continue to bet on despite uh, in the face of pretty mediocre numbers. You know, we were just talking off air about Reese Olsen, somebody who had gotten bombed a bunch of times. And I was like, well, I swear he's good. Like, you know, he's going to come around and th- they have another guy on this staff in uh, and Ryan Nelson that has not really come around despite good stuff numbers, but I'm, I'm still a believer in Fot and the sample is still too small for me to give up on him. So, uh, the strikeout minus walk numbers are, are decent for him too. It's just been the homers. So can he keep the ball in the yard? If he can, he's going to be a, a decent pitcher. Uh, I like the under eight and a half runs here for this game. And, uh, hopefully fought when he gives up a homer or two, it comes with nobody on base. Cause that's going to be the
2: key. And yeah, the money's coming in on the under for this matchup tonight, Charlie. The Cubs had won nine straight Justin Steele starts. Diamondbacks faced him last time out, so he's facing them again. And he went seven innings, six hits, one run, no walk, struck out six. Are you with the people on the Cubs or are you going with DeBundo here in the Diamondbacks? Or is there an angle that DeBundo, like DeBundo, is there another angle you might like?
1: Um, I lean toward Arizona and I lean toward the, uh, under here. I don't have an official play though. Uh, makes a compelling argument and one that I'm might be jumping into, but more looking toward that first five under number. Uh, it just, just fought is the biggest question mark, right? That he's, he's the guy that, you, you know, we saw a stretch of where he didn't give up a home run for a few starts and then all of a sudden he gives up and explodes for two or three at a time the last time out against the Cubs he gave up three home runs four runs total so uh, I like the I I do like the under look here I think Steele I mean it's no question how dominant he is and you know it's crazy it took the public this long to really understand how good and how undervalued he was in the market and but I agree with Anthony I think that you know, the, the numbers are starting to get a little bit inflated in the r- direction of steel. like the Cubs are this heavy of a favorite. I get minus minus one twenty, one thirty 130 with him is seems like a number that's just slightly too high. Um, but I will say Arizona, bottom 10 against left-handed pitching in a WRC plus standpoint, which is why I lean toward the under, the first five under, rather than getting to the bullpens where I don't trust the Diamondbacks' bullpen at all. And the Cubs is shaky at times. I look toward maybe just trusting the starters here and hoping Fott doesn't blow up. Which we'll see if I add any action. At they played this game, so
3: Fott pitched against them on Sunday. Steele pitched Saturday, so it's not quite a head-to-head, but they actually opened for Fott on Sunday and brought Joe to play in to face the top of the Cubs order. Is mm-hmm. typically involves Talkman, Happ, and Bellinger, and that's Talkman's lefty, Bellinger's a lefty. Hap hits better from the left side, so you want to face a lefty against him, make him hit righty. Uh, they actually opened with Mantiply for the first, uh, you know, two innings, uh, and then went to um, Fott behind him. So I'm kind of interested on that approach. It didn't work. He gave up a, he gave up a run and a couple of hits, and they were behind. And then Fott came in and didn't really look great. But uh, I'll be interested to see if they change course on that. If they if they end up changing to the opener tonight or sticking with Fott because. Uh, I think it's probably optimal if they can avoid the lefties because he does have a, a bit of a platoon problem, given that his best pitch is that sweeper.
2: First five total is set at four and a half runs
1: right now. Yeah, I yeah, look, I look it, under there too. Yeah, Same, you know. especially if they if they go with mantiply off the top or a lefty, that would be a decent look going toward that first five under because then you only get a couple innings of fought where the, where the biggest issue is his home run problems, which can get out of hand at times.
2: Okay, hey, we got to do our jobs here really quick. You can answer in one sentence, and we'll move on. Is the NL Cy Young race over? No. Yes.
3: Oh, okay. I mean, Blake Snell still has a couple of starts left. Mm-hmm. He, he could implode. I don't think it's going to happen, but I, I think you can start. It. I need to start. Tanner Tanner McGrath's been doing a Twitter campaign for Blake Snell. I, I had to block him the other day um, <laughs> because he was he was he was just retweeting everything about how good Blake Snell is. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a big believer that individual awards should be uh, based on team. Accomplishments, uh, not actually, but I'm, I'm going to say that uh because the Cubs, I mean, look at how good they are compared to the shitty Padres. So you know what? It should be Justin Steele's award. If Blake he, snow was so good, he would have inspired his teammates to play
1: better that, in close games. He, he says that as he says, Otani's a lock for the MVP, but the Angels are a sub 500 team, oh, of and course, well. absolutely disastrous. Despite good job, an elite and elite I mean, hitter. good job, Charlie. Good job. Thank you.
3: Yeah, Corey Seager. Nah, I'm entirely trolling.
1: I know, I know, but I'm saying Corey <laughs> Seager for MVP if that's the metric. <laughs> Okay. For context, Blake Snell pitcher, minus- pitcher
3: wins. Who has more wins? Blake Snell or, or uh, I don't actually know. I couldn't. Steele has couldn't sixteen you. wins. Yeah, There's no way. I don't even think the Padres have sixteen wins. Oh, <laughs> Blake yeah. Snell only has Blake Snell only has fourteen. So therefore, uh, Justin Steele winner. I would I would take him for Saya.
2: Notice I said one sentence and it went back and forth. Um, that's okay. I kind of set them up for that. Blake Snell minus three fifty. Justin Steele plus two sixty, uh, is where we sit entering Steele's start for tonight. Payoff pitch is presented by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses for new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Underdog for Friday. Charlie, where are we
3: looking?
1: Yeah, so this is uh, an angle that I like to take here, and it's fading teams after clinching their division spot. So with that, keeping that in mind, I'm going with the Marlins here. I'm just playing it small to start. Uh, I got plus 165. I think the best number out there is 155 right now. Still cool with that. Uh, and i'm waiting to see the braves lineup all together before potentially upgrading to a full unit but typically teams celebrate hard after a win obviously the braves had a day off yesterday so it wasn't it's not you know the best process of just you know they, they probably celebrated hungover last yesterday they have that day off to kind of recuperate for today but keeping that in mind the marlins are fighting for a playoff spot and they have all the motivation in the world it's hard to cat motivation especially in baseball right that's it seems like in basketball and in football it's easier to handicap because you know less players and or i guess less players in basketball and football it's kind of easier to handicap motivation there but in baseball this is i think a prime spot for the marlins to come out to come out hot and to take on the braves who really frankly probably don't care that much about the rest of the season right now cueto's on the mound four, eight, one expected ERA. His ERA is up at above six. I rarely ever advocate to bet Johnny Cueto. If you've seen any of my bets over this season, I've faded him plenty of times, but look at his numbers. They're actually a little bit better than Bryce elder in some areas that uh, I value a little bit highly Uh, extremely high chase rate and a 37% hard hit rate is above average. His biggest issue though, is barrel rate. And, and, And while he limits hard hit rate for the majority of the time, he does give up a lot of homers, and that's where he gets beaten. Ten home runs over his last six starts because he gives up a lot of fly balls. But again, if the if the Braves sit out Acuna or Olsen, then I think that there's a great chance that the Marlins are going to be more than live here. Elder on the mound. We've talked about him all season long. He's a nibbler. He somehow is able to just escape negative regression. His X-ERA nearly a run higher than actual, despite having a low strikeout rate. He just benefits from... Generating a lot of swings out of the zone and uh, having a high ground ball rate to get out of those double plays, but he ranks lower than Cueto in expected batting average and hard hit rate. He's been running hot the last few starts: two, five, four year right over the last five. But I like the Marlins to kind of bounce back here to take down the Braves, fresh off their series win against the Phillies. Great for our Phillies under win total, and they're hung over from their AL or their NL East. Uh, win and clinching. So give me the Marlins here at plus 155.
3: Yeah, classic Braves getting a day off after they clinch the division. Can't even get a hungover lineup today. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to look like, but I can't, I can't imagine they're going to sit everybody, but um, we'll see. Olsen did get to 51. He's chasing home run records, but um, you know, maybe this Riley gets a maintenance day. Uh, Acuna probably don't. I mean, he wants MVP. It's hard to say, but. Uh, I Bryce think his, Elder, his ground up. ball rate's been steadily declining, and that's been led to a lot of, um, you know, more slugging against him. So that's the concern about Elder.
1: I think his, his, I think Acuna's got the MVP all locked up at this point. To, ah, the last, well, the last he's on a good time, team. The last time that we, the last time we did the show was two weeks ago, right before when they and were I up said, Acuna
3: college. was cheap at minus 140. He's yeah. like minus, uh, 600. Yeah, well, he did also he did like, say that. run like a god for two weeks. He hit like eight homers for the last two weeks. Yeah, I mean, Sam, right before the Dodgers series, it was, it was yeah.
2: over. Fire. And I, I won't ever forget that because that was after Mookie Betts came in and peed all over the Red Sox. Um, and did that's did he? I feel
3: up. like he had like just an okay series.
2: Yeah, come on. He was, he was excellent. Him and Freeman were excellent in that I series. I know
3: Cutter Crawford got him out twice. That's all I remember. Okay, <laughs>
2: give us your underdog. We got to move this along.
3: <laughs> I'm going to take the Rockies plus 190 at home against Logan Webb. Uh, you know, Logan Webb, career three, four, six ERA, somebody who pitches to contact more than every ace in baseball pretty much. And with the Giants being just like an average defensive team, they better than last year where they were like one of the worst in the league this year, they're just kind of league average defensively. Uh, He now goes to Coors Field. And I think there's just inherent risk in in backing him on the road uh, and him not living up to his market rating as a result. You know, he uh, has a career four, eight, nine ERA at Coors Field. And it's not a huge sample and I don't really ever reference this, but I think it is intuitive if you think about it, because somebody who pitches to so much contact now goes to the biggest Babbitt park uh, in the, in major league baseball. Uh, and and so do I want to bet chase Anderson? No, but plus plus one ninety is way too high given uh, you know, that I think you're paying a little bit of a tax on the giants who are now the betting favorite to land the six seed. They have a half, they have a one game lead in the loss column for the sixth seed. And they do have a couple of tiebreakers. So, the Giants, who still have to play the Dodgers seven times uh, and a couple more with the D backs, are the favorite to uh, at plus 170 to be the succeed in this playoff race. So uh, I'm going to go with the Rockies. I think the Rockies are going to have a lot to say about this race in the coming weeks. They still have Cubs series left and they still have, uh, I believe they have the D backs still too. So they're going to have a say. And tonight I'm going to back them at plus 190 and Chase Anderson, who might be the worst. He's in the bottom five, worst starters in baseball.
2: Okay. Hey, before we go, Charlie Desterco has got uh, some looks for his triple sevens uh, article that will come out in the action app, actionnetwork.com. What can you tell us uh, right now that you have Charlie? And I have about uh, one more for the road?
1: Yeah, I'll give out uh, just one and tease the other two. Uh, we mentioned Corey Seager and how dominant he has been this season and how, you know, if any other year Corey Seager win MVP. Well, I like his matchup here tonight against Lucas Giolito. He's, only plus three ten to hit a home run, which I think is pretty cheap considering just how dominant Seager is. He's in the top three percent of all hitters in expected batting average, expected slugging, and barrel rate. So he does it all. He's actually, uh, if, if since the integration era of baseball, this I saw a tweet about this earlier. He has the which is nineteen forty seven. He has the highest OPS. Ever by a shortstop. A Rod had the had the highest at one zero four five. He's at one zero six nine right now. Well, he faces Lucas Giolito, who doesn't matter what team he plays on, he gives up a crap ton of home runs. He has a near two home run per nine since joining the Guardians. He's giving up six home runs in ten innings. Corey Seager is automatic. The dude is incredible. 31 homers in 103 games. I think that continues here against Giolito, who puts the ball in the air a lot. And then there's two others that you can just check out my article for. Let's just get out of here. You can check out the article to see the other two.
3: Real quick, Giolito has given up 16 home runs in 42 innings since being traded, a 7-4-5 FIP, and an 8 ERA, 1-7. That is, I mean... (sighs) worst trade acquisitions slash waiver claims in the history of baseball it it is up there yeah i mean obviously it's not that bad it's a lot of bad it's a a lot of run bad but yeah giving up that many homers uh is pretty remarkable
2: okay i think that's it and debundo uh off the top he did agree with charlie on the dodgers that was the last one you wanted to get to rip high and bloom it's about time thank you for building the farm system now red sox you don't have to bring in a Dave Dombrowski type. I know he's done a great job in Philly, DeBundo, but let's not trade all these guys. I get it. You love Dave. He hasn't identify, identify the ones you really like and then package other ones to go actually spend money and get real Major League Baseball players to Boston. Please. Like Trevor Story? Well, oh, the contract, ooh, the luxury tax. Ooh, I mean. It's... Sorry, Chris Sale will save the Red Sox next week. Oh. That is one thing I will not thank Dave Dombrowski for is that freaking contract after John Henry said before John Lester, he then therefore allows his GM, whoever it may be, sale uh, David Price, which was the Dombrowski signing to. We won't pay pitcher. We won't pay left handers over uh, over 30 years old, uh, big contracts. And they gave David Price money and they gave Chris sale money. And then see you later. He goes to Philadelphia. And nearly wins
1: a championship, but anyway, bye high and bloom. Right, he's going to get one this year. BJ's anyway. rolling in his grave right now at the Chris Sale slander. That's all I'm saying.
2: Yeah. All right. That's it. Just wanted to uh, have a couple words there on high and bloom. Thank goodness he's gone. Oh, and by the way, you watch Alex Cora will be like the Brad Stevens of the Celtics. Alex Cora is going to run the Red Sox, and then Carlos Beltran's going um, to be our manager. That's my prediction. They bring him back the trash can. On that note. For Anthony DeBundo, Charlie Desterco, Brendan Ashine. Glass- thanks for listening to Payoff Pitch. We are back next week. Our program is presented by BetMGM. Have a great weekend.
1: Look at this crowd on its feet!
0: What a tribute! No one wants to leave.
1: Action Network reminds you: Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available twenty four seven at one eight hundred Gambler.